everybody welcome to sunday night service amen who is glad to be in the house of the lord tonight praise the lord we're gonna have an awesome time together and we had a really great time this morning getting to study the holy spirit on uh, the third member of the trinity it was great and we're gonna have an awesome time together tonight praise the lord well if we could make our way into the main sanctuary here i know the back is so much fun but it's so much better up here amen Let's stand up together tonight and we are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America and we're going to keep believing and declaring that our nation is coming to Jesus. Can we get an amen tonight? All right, let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord some praise tonight, and you may be seated. All right, we've got some announcements to go through here. I'll try to do this as quickly as possible because we have a lot 
of announcements and a lot of things going on, which is a good sign, but I just want to make sure that everybody stays in the loop here, all right? First of all, FPU, Financial Peace University, started tonight at 5.30. It's going on right now over there in Victory Hall. And so if you're looking for some of your buddies that are usually here on Sunday night, they might be in the class over there. So uh, they're over there, and it, there's still time that if you want to check the class out, you can go next week and check out a session for free. And um, you can register online, hdwc.org slash FPU. And we do have a few scholarship slots available. We have had a church member that wants to pay for a few people that might not have uh, the resources to pay for it themselves. So just let us know, and we will hook you up. But this is a biblical financial class to teach you how to handle your finances God's way. Amen. All right. Young Adults is going to be meeting this Saturday, March 11th at 11 a.m. at Six Beans Coffee. It is going to be great. And uh, if, you're, if you're between the ages of 18 to 25-ish, we invite you to be out there. Rosalinda is going to be leading the Bible study that day. And it's going to be great. So this is a really good chance for you to meet some new friends and people um, your age and uh, have a positive influence. All right. This coming Sunday is the big day. It is going to be Mrs. Pastor's 75th birthday celebration. That is this Sunday morning at uh, the 10 a.m. service. We're doing a great big uh, celebration. We'll still have a sermon and we'll still minister to you. But uh, we're going to have a wonderful uh, pitch and dinner after the service. And we want everybody to be there. We want everybody to stick around for dinner. Maylee, would you like to help old Pastor Dave out? Can you believe that I've known this young lady since she was about this tall? You don't believe me? I have. I swear. I'm not making that up. I have known her that long. It's incredible. All right. So um, anyway, be here next Sunday morning, please. We do have Sunday evening service still. All right. So we will have that. But we really want you to be here to celebrate with us next Sunday morning. And if there's any way, again, that you can uh, be here, just do it for us. It's going to be great. All right. And then here's another big one. We have Lift Family Art Night is coming up again. Amen. Now... I was proven wrong last year. Um, I did not think that this would be a big success, but they planned it, and like 100 people showed up, so I was wrong, and they were right. We're going to be having Lift Family Art Night again Monday the 13th at 6.30, and you can come out any age. You know, you don't have to have uh, you know kids and stuff like that with you, but this is just for everybody, and uh, you could go just all you need to do is bring a canvas. You can get that at the Dollar Tree or Dollar General or Walmart, but we'll have the paint and the other art supplies, and even if you're not very gifted in the artistic world, which I am not, it's still really, really fun to be there. So mark your calendar for that. It's going to be wonderful. And then we have a yard sale coming up for our missions team. Uh, they are going to Honduras in June, and they're working on raising finances for that trip. And uh, if you want to donate, I don't know if you can still donate. Do you know anything about that, Raymond? No? Okay. Don't. They can still donate? All right. All week long, you can make donations, and the yard sale is going to be at this brother's house right there. Now, I'm not going to post his address on the internet, because that just probably wouldn't be smart, but uh, the information is on the screen, so there you go. And the yard sale is going to be that day, and uh, we went, all the proceeds are going towards our missions trip to Honduras. And then I am super pumped up about this. We have our missionary from India is going to be with us on Sunday. March 26th. Dad, is he coming to the nighttime service too? Do you know? Okay, all right. 
or he might be at our PM service too, but he will definitely be here in the morning service. If you have not met Julius and his wife, Ruth, they are incredible. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how incredible this man of God is. He's from India, born and raised, and they have... um, Every time I say born and raised, I got to quit saying that because the Fresh Prince song comes into my head. Okay. On the playground is where he spent most of his days. Okay. So he, uh, he, he's born in India, raised there, and has a wonderful work of God. And they, I mean, they do so much for children and orphans. It's just incredible. And he is fired up, man. This dude will preach your socks off and uh, then put them back on. All right. So Sunday, March 26th. Don't miss that day. And the last announcement tonight is this. We are collecting eggs for the Easter egg hunt that's going to be coming up. Easter is right around the corner on Sunday, April the 9th. And we do a great big Easter egg hunt with thousands of eggs. And we've got two bins back there by the info booth. One bin is for hard candy, and we have to do hard candy because chocolate will melt in the eggs out in the sunlight. Unless the weather stays the same as it is now, then it'll freeze. But if, it, if that's not the case, we need hard candy, uh, and we need lots and lots of Easter eggs. So let's fill those buckets up back there and uh, make sure that we are able to bless a whole bunch of kids. Easter is our biggest service of the year. Last Easter was the biggest uh, single-day service that we've ever had. So uh, we're expecting even greater this year for the Lord. Amen. All right. Well, I have got something really cool for us. Our media department, Alex and Raymond, uh, they, they put together uh, just a brief little one minute video of last Sunday night's worship night. And uh, they brought in some, yeah, amen. They brought in some real cameras and everything and just got some cool, uh, some captured some of those cool ministry moments. So we're going to go ahead and watch this one minute video and get a little recap of last Sunday night. Amen. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We've seen families reunited. Prodigals return. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We've seen troubled souls delivered. We've seen addicts finally free. Don't you tell me. guys good job praise the lord that was an awesome time together and we've got more coming up all right so uh just be prepared but we know the lord's doing some awesome stuff in our city and in our churches right here in these last days amen all right who knows what time it is now yeah it's happy time because god loves a cheerful giver all right if you need an envelope uh, for your tithe or your offering raise your hand 
and the ushers are going to get one for you there. And uh, we're going to open up our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11, and we're going to look at verse 24. Proverbs 11 and verse 24. Amen. And if you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. All right. And let's look at this. Proverbs 11, verse 24. And, you know, we may go to verse 25 because it's a great verse too. But it says this. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. Now, that doesn't go along with what we are told in our natural world or what uh, or, or, or what our normal thinking would be. We would think like, well, if I give freely, then I won't. I'll lose everything. I won't have anything else. But the Bible says, no, it's just the opposite. And so many times God's word goes direct opposite of what the people of this world will tell you. But he tells us, give freely, become more wealthy. If you're stingy, you end up losing everything. Verse 25 says the generous will prosper those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed and so i encourage us tonight that as we are giving listen it's always for our good the lord will always make sure that we've got everything we need to take care of our our own families and whatnot and he'll also take care of the house of god doesn't that sound awesome Amen. All right. We're getting ready to do our financial faith confession, but I've got one more thing that I got to do real quick. Uh, we did, we've handed out uh, membership certificates, uh, last Sunday morning and we couldn't do it Sunday night because of the worship night, but I've got three of our new church members here tonight and I want to give them their membership certificates. So can I have Jeff, Trish and Ruth come on up? These guys are officially members of HDWC. Yeah. Blake. Oh, I got to get Blake. Wow. Come on up, Blake. Blake has been at the church for like 50 years, but just never went through membership class. So anyway, (laughs) I shouldn't say 50 because he's only like 25. But at the same time, we want to pass these out. And we are so excited to have some new church members. Amen. And uh, we still have a few more that we haven't been able to give certificates to. But we are very glad to have the family growing. All right. So I got Ruth right here. Amen. Uh, Yeah. Got her sister Trish, my man Jeff, all right, love this guy, and then we've got Mr. Blake Rabino, all right, amen, I'll just take a picture with you guys, I don't, well, I don't know, is someone taking a picture, all right, yeah, all right, very good, let's welcome them to the family, everybody. Amen, all right. Well, now that we did that, let's stand up together and speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings. Amen. We do everything by faith. We even give by faith. Amen. Let's say this together, and then we're going to get into some praise and worship tonight and get into the word of God after that. It's going to be an awesome time. Let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, Raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. 
Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Feel free to join us at the altar for worship. Let's sing together. Overtaken, every wall comes crashing down. I agree in your presence, Lord. You have lifted my burdens, you surround me with your grace, full of hope in your presence, Lord. And I, I can't stop singing. your love, my heart is overcome, and I, I can't stop singing about your love, for everything that you've done, my heart is overcome, I see the kingdom of heaven, I pierce the dark within. We're alive in your presence, Lord. You have won our salvation at the cross, one sacrifice so secure in your presence, Lord. And I, I can't stop singing about your love. I can't stop singing. the dark within this light we're alive in your presence Lord and you have won our salvation at the cross one sacrifice so secure in your presence Lord and I I can't stop singing about your love Sing it out. Sing it. You are my first love. I 
praise you forever. Your love goes on and on. I sing to you, Jesus. I sing it. You are my first love. I sing hallelujah. You are my first love. I sing hallelujah. And I, I can't stop singing about your love. I can't stop singing about your love. My heart is overcome. And I, I can't stop singing about your love. For everything that you've done, my heart is
everything you've called us individually and collectively to do, Lord. That's why we're here. We thank you for the awesome worship we had last week, but Lord, that's history now. We're so glad we got to be a part of that. This is a new day. This is a new service. And Lord, we're going to worship you tonight like we've been, but also we're going to sit down at your table and eat. We're going to feed on your word. We're going to receive it in our hearts, speak it out of our mouths and act on it, Lord. That's going to bring forth fruit, 
30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold in our lives to change the world around us. Lord, we know it may look dark everywhere all around us, but we're in the kingdom of light. And so it's light where we live, and we're going to let our light shine and do our part to change our part of the world that we live in, Lord. We just want to thank you tonight. We're getting stronger and stronger, wiser and wiser, walking in the anointing, walking in love, walking in faith. And, Lord, we're going to be a witness everywhere we go every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Alex. That was good stuff. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about how you can know God's plan for your life. How many want to know God's plan for your life? You want to know what to do, how to walk in the plan of God. Well, this is so simple when you read the Bible. He shows you exactly what to do. And the thing is, you've got to do what he says to do when you see it. And that's how, that's how you uh, walk in the plan of God. Is first of all, from the Bible, find out how to know the plan and then follow it out. And there's things I've learned over 43 years of doing this has kept me in peace. When you're following God's plan, it doesn't make any difference what all is going on around you. How big the attacks are, it's like the old saying, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. And the bigger their attacks, when you're walking in the plan of God, the easier you can stand because you know you're standing in His will, with His power, His love, His grace, His anointing. And when that giant falls that was trying to take you out, your testimony is a big giant testimony. Amen. I'll tell you what, I don't like to have giant testimonies, but I've had a few and I'm glad that Jesus in me won and the giant lost. But they're no fun when you're going through them. But it sure does make good stuff later on. You tell everybody about it. And so we want to help you. Some of you may be going through some things right now. And you may be thinking, this is a giant. This is impossible. Well, that's a setup then. Man, the devil is set up to fall in these attacks against you if you follow the plan of God. I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 3. And, and by the way, how many know about the devotionals that we put out every month? They're online or they're back there. Well, this sermon came out a couple days ago. I was going through the devotions, and uh, I, I, wrote th- I wrote these devotions out a few months ago, and when I read them, it's like I've never seen them. Because when I write them, I'm in the Spirit. I'm with Jesus, and when I write them, I write things out there, and it just totally, totally, totally amazes me. When I write things by the Spirit of God, what comes out, what I see, and then I'm just like you. I read these devotions, it's like I've never read them before. I look up and think, wow, 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 that's good, that's good, that's good, because I'm not giving me the credit for it, I'm giving Jesus the credit. But I read them, they're speaking to me and they're helping me. So when I was reading Proverbs 3 a couple days ago, I was reading those things, they're speaking to me for where I'm at. And then I realized, wow, this needs to be preached, you know, the principles behind this. And so uh, for 43 years, I've lived in peace, and I've, I've lived an excited life, because I simply knew the plan of God. That changes everything. We know the plan of God, and I followed the plan. And some of you are thinking, if only I knew the plan of God, I'd follow it. And so I'm going to show you not what to do, but you're like me. You've got a choice. If you want to do what we talk about, or just keep on going the way you're going. That when you follow the plan, it's God's plan. How can you lose? Amen. I, I want to say this too. There's one thing about knowing the plan. It's another thing sticking with it until it comes to pass. Because when you're following God's will for your life, you've got enemies. Amen. 
And uh, it's not people. It's demons influencing people. Human beings, you and I both, even, even as serious Christians, we can be influenced by evil spirits and recognize it and resist them and say, no, Satan, get out of here in Jesus' name. Or we can be influenced by the Holy Spirit. Say, yes, sir, yes, sir, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll go there. I'll do that. I'll say that. Yes, sir. I'll, I'll change this way. I'll change that way. And so we always have a choice. And so as we recognize spiritual things, when we're in the will of God and attacks come, you can't blame the boss. You can't blame somebody in your family. You can't blame fellow church members. Do you know that sometimes fellow church members can get goofy as anything and say things they didn't mean to say? How do I know that? Because I have. <laughs> sometimes things happen. But the thing is, as Christians, when you're following the plan of God, well, the plan of God, one thing is love. Love never fails. Amen. Love forgives. Love forgets. Love's ever read to be the best of every person. That's the plan of God. How do I know? Because the Bible's the plan of God. And he said that. And so we as Christians, to follow the plan of God, have to know that once we know the plan doesn't just mean it's going to happen, we've got our part to play. And once we get to heaven, it's not hard to follow the plan of God because Satan's not in heaven. And goofy people aren't in heaven. By the time we get there, we're de-goofified. That's a new word, isn't it? Anyway, so so, what, what, so once, once you learn what I'm going to show you tonight from the Word of God and follow it, then you seek God and find a specific plan and purpose for your life. That's different than the plan of God. We're going to first of all be talking about the general plan that He has for everybody, and there's a specific plan. And so uh, Proverbs chapter 3, I'm going to look at verse 13 because this is where I really started seeing what He wanted to teach tonight. And and listen, this is what I'm going to tell you. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. Well, as a Christian, as a young Christian, I always heard everybody teach about the wisdom of God, pray for the wisdom of God. I always did, because I knew what it was. But then the Lord, in 1999, began to really open this up to me, and it makes it so simple to me, it's changed my whole understanding of the Bible what he taught me. The wisdom of God is the plan of God. The wisdom of God is the plan of God. And then understanding is the steps of action. The steps of action. You got to not only do you need to know the plan, but if God, if God gives you the plan for your life in the, in the, in the job or career arena, for example, he might tell you, he wants you to start working here. He wants you to change and, and do this or whatever it is, whether job, a career change or whatever it is. And so then you know the plan now, but if you don't know the next step, how are you going to accomplish the plan? Amen. So you got to, you got you got to, you got to know the plan, which is the wisdom of God. You pray for wisdom about your job, and then all of a sudden you see yourself doing something different you've never done before. Well, you asked for the wisdom of God, and so He gave you the plan. You see what I'm saying? This just this changes everything in everything in life. When you're praying for God's wisdom, you're actually saying, "God, give me your plan." And then he gives you understanding, the steps to follow the plan. So the wisdom of God is the plan of God. And then the word of God is God's general plan or God's wisdom for the entire human race. God has the same general plan for the entire human race. And I was, I was thinking a while ago about what was worshiping. I said something in a way I'd never seen it before. 
over the years as a pastor, you ran into a lot of different kinds of people. And a lot of times sincere people, but uh, I don't know whether to say goofy people or deceived people or religious people, what you want to call them, but there's been lots of times I've had people show up and tell me, i got a special call in my life. And when people have a special call in your life, that's where the red flags go up. Because it's them, it's them, and they're, they're the one that made the call usually. But anyway, when I was writing notes out about this and thinking about their worshiping, I, I was thinking about this. Every call that anybody has is a special call. Because if God chooses to call you to do something, he's special. And you're special to him. And he knows that only you can do what he's called you to do. That doesn't mean it's a big prominent position up in front of lights and cameras and crowds. It's a special call. And I got to thinking about my trucking days. Rodney, we know about the trucks, don't we? <laughs> I got to think about the trucking days. That every person in a trucking company has a special job to do. We've all got a general thing we've all got to do. We've all got to clock in when we're supposed to clock in. We've all got to wear the safety clothes we're supposed to wear. Gloves, certain kinds of shoes, boots. Back when I was in trucking, uh, I don't want to say anything about it now because I don't know anything about the docks. I see the truck drivers I see, and they're not the same breed I saw. But anyway, uh, truck drivers wore pants. They didn't wear flip-flops or anything like that. They wore shoes because it was kind of dangerous work stuff we did. And so anyway, uh, we, all, the, all, all, all the people on the dock had to have the same plan. They had to wear the right kind of clothes, had to clock in at the right time, got a 30-minute lunch break. That's the general plan for everybody. Everybody had the same plan. And we had 10-minute lunches every, I mean, 10-minute breaks every couple hours. But then that was the general plan for everybody, what we had to do. But then some of us unloaded trucks. That's a special calling. We unload the trucks. Then somebody else, with their special calling, had to load the trucks. Nighttime we unloaded, daytime they loaded. And then some people had a short run. The last job I had, my, my run was Cincinnati. That's a special calling because I was the one called to do that. And if I didn't do my calling, then the, as a mail truck, the mail coming from Cincinnati to Minnesota would have got done. So the guy on the Minnesota run, that's a special call. He couldn't have done it if I didn't do mine. And then we had the special local things. For a while there, I had a local mail route to where I went to several small post offices around central Indiana. If I didn't get my mail there, then the mailman or lady couldn't have walked up your mailbox and put the mail in if I do my special calling. Their calling was special because that's what they were called to do. And so I think about the body of Christ. We've all got a special calling to the body of Christ. And, you know, I'm thinking about the local church now, the things we do here, but also everybody's not called to work at Walmart. But if your name's Irma, I'm glad you're called to work at Walmart, man. She's, she's Walmart's, Walmart's evangelist, revivalist. Irma's lady goes to church or you don't see her tonight, but that's what she does. And so, you know, if you're called to work there, I look at the people here working at the college. If you're called to work at the college, that's a special call. You know, we're not all called to do the several thing, the, uh, the same thing. And so just don't ever let that lying religious demon get on you and think you make you think you think you're something special and you got a special call. You do have a special call because it's from God, but that doesn't mean you're the most important thing ever came along. Amen. And so everything we do, everything we do that God's called us to do is special. And so, but first of all, what I'm going to look at is the general plan because we're all called to clock in. We're all called to know when to take our lunch. We're all called to wear the right uniforms. 
etc., etc. And so we all have the same general things. And I'm going to look at the general part first. And so until you get yourself established, you are theme verse rooted. Until you get rooted in the basics like that, you may know what your specific call is in life, but you won't go very far. I used to watch the cheaters on the truck docks. I was in the Teamsters Union, and this back when the Teamsters Union was a very strong union, so you couldn't hardly fire the cheaters back then, but I think they can fire them now. But there was a lot of people, they tried, they tried, to, they tried, they tried to cheat through things like that, and, and if they caught them right, they wasn't around there anymore, so they didn't get to fulfill their calling. may have been the best truck unloader there was, but if you don't have a job, you're not doing your calling very well. Amen. That's pretty good preaching, isn't it? I'll have to go back and hear that again later. That was all right. And so anyway, it said, happy is the man that findeth the plan. Are you happy when you find the plan what God wants you to do? Happy is the man, happy is the woman that finally finds the plan. That changes everything. I remember back in the days when I was, when I was out in the secular world, and even in ministry before we came to California. Before we got clear direction, we wasn't very happy a lot of times. Man, we knew there was something else that God wanted to do. And we floundered, we prayed, fasted, cried out, and wasn't very happy. But even before you get to where you're going, like to California, that was an impossible thing for us. But once we knew that God wanted us to come to California, didn't have a dime, didn't have anything, didn't whatever, just it was just total death, but we had peace. Because happy is the man, happy are the samples where they knew what the next step was, knew what to do. And that's what happens in your life. It says, then, look at this right here. I'm reading in King James. Yours says a little different. It says, for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. And what he said there, that when you find the plan, that is better than stockpiling money and riches. Why is that? When you're in the plan of God, riches follow. When you're in the plan of God, raises come. When you're in the plan of God, bonuses come. When you're in the plan of God, bills are paid. And that's why the man's happy when they find the plan. Because if you're not walking in the plan of God and doing what God wants you to do as a Christian, you know, you may have some money, and that's one form of natural prosperity. But if your home's breaking up, then that's not prosperous. That's a poor home. If your uh, health or your kids or somebody else is totally under attack and can never get well, that's not prosperity. But when you're in the plan of God, that prosperity covers every area of your life. Things work out and you're happy. Millionaires, millionaires that are paying most of their money to five ex-wives and all that kind of thing there, I don't think they're very happy. Amen. And so that's what he says is better than gaining the wealth and some people seek first the kingdom of wealth at the, at the expense of the kingdom of God. But Jesus said, put the kingdom of God first, and God gives the things to you. That's what he's talking about. When you, when you, when you have the plan, verse 15 says, it's more precious than rubies, and all the things that you can desire are not to be compared unto her. And I look at the word desire right there. That makes me think of Psalms 37. I think Mrs. Pastor might have mentioned that this morning. She did recently. But Psalms 37, 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. Now, that does not say, that does not say he's going to give you everything you want. Listen now, I'm going to tell you what that says. That says, when you put him first, he'll put his desires in your heart. That's the desires. 
He puts his desires in your heart. And then because his desires become your desires, and you know, Sonia, I keep being drawn to you to think about all the things in your life right now. I just keep seeing all those things there, all the different possibilities you saw, the things you that you were looking at. When all of a sudden you see that desire jumps in you, it may, may not have been on the option board, but all of a sudden you see it's there because it's his desires. You blinded in him, that desire jumped in there, and then it's up to you to pray that desire out. And then he gives you the desires of your heart. Because it's his desires first, you begin to pray about it, and then those desires come to pass because it was his first he gave it to you, he wanted you to have it. You see how that works. And so when you delight yourself in him, something you never desired before, you desire now. I mean, I think about my life over the years, the things that I do now, et cetera, et cetera, I never thought I'd ever do. I totally changed because I let Jesus become Lord of my life, and those desires have changed because I follow the plan. Amen. That's, that's how this works. And so he says right here that uh, the desires, nothing can compare with those. And then also, he's talking about the benefits of the plan right now, of the wisdom of God, the plan of God. And so here's another benefit. Length of days is in her right hand. And that length of days is not talking about long life. He talks about long life later on. Over and over he talks about long life. Length of days is this. Has anybody here ever use this expression. Well, there's not, there's just not enough hours of the day. Well, when God lengthens your day, you'll get done in half the time what you couldn't get done before, working your butt off and staying up all night long, never getting any sleep and sweating and fretting and being full of anxiety and getting stomach aches and all kinds of stuff like that because your days weren't long enough. But when you follow the plan, when you follow the plan, your days are longer and you get it all done, they whew, wow, we still got two more hours to go and we're done. What else are we going to do, guys? What do you guys want to do? We're all done. That's the kind of days I like. I like to accomplish things, but that's following the plan. And keep in mind right now, I'm talking about the general plan of God for all believers. Amen. And there's so many, there's so many things that cover that. But the thing is, God's called number one. He's called every human being. To receive Jesus and be born again. That's the first step of stepping into the plan of God is to receive Jesus. Well, how do I know he's called everybody to be saved? Well, Second Peter 3, 9 says he's not willing that it should perish, but all should come repentance. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the whole world except for this group of people. Love the whole world. That means whether you live in the Middle East, whether you live in the United States or Africa, wherever you live at, you're part of the whole world. It says, God so loved the whole world that he gave his only begotten son. And so that's the plan. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so that's the, that's the whole step right there is believe in him, receive him. So the plan is Jesus died for everybody. The first step is receive him. And then you're stepping into the general plan of God for your life. Amen. And then after you become, then after you become a born-again believer... He wants you to find out who your pastor is. Find out who your local church is. Find out what you can do to help the church do what God called it to do. Because if you look at what we're doing, we got a region here. God wants us to get out there and, and to beat the bushes, if you will, like in the business world, beat the bushes. And, and go out to let people know we're here what we've got to offer. And so in that there, he puts some of you in school. In, in school. I think about making the schools. 
and you know the different ones that be at the college and all those kind of things that you've all got a place to go walmart the trucking world carpenters electricians mechanics god wants to send everybody out of here to do what he wants them to do because that's part of the overall plan but to do that you got to walk in the general plan you know if you're not a born again christian it's kind of hard to go out and preach jesus amen and if, if you're not a person walking in deliverance from things that have had you bound, it's kind of hard to mix in with the people out there that are still addicted to get them free if you're one of them. Amen. You go out there if you used to be one of them, because now you're out there as an undercover agent. Amen. And so he says, link the days in her right hand, in her left hand, riches and honor. So you can see this, and this whole thing he talks about, happy is the man that finds his wisdom, finds the plan. He's telling you all these things that are in God's plan. Riches and honor are in God's plan. And you know, I think about some of you, how I've seen you promoted in life the last couple of years. That's called honor. You're being honored when God raises you up to a position of authority where people listen to what you've got to say. And instead of whining about the job, you're there and you're in a position now you can change what goes on in the job because God's honored you and given you something to do. Amen. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. Pleasantness and peace. That's when you're in the plan of God. And I, I'm thinking about that there. It was so funny as a truck driver. I remember I just, I just, like I was then like I am now. I just stay full of Jesus and I smile all the time whether I can help it or not because Jesus is in me and no matter what's attacking me or what's going on, I know the greater one's in me and I follow after him. I stay full of the anointing, the love of God. I remember I come walking in the dock one night. It's about five o'clock, but out there driving my truck around Indianapolis all day long and all the truck drivers start coming in about that time. I wasn't even thinking about anything. I was walking up the dock and I must have been singing or I don't know what I was doing. Heard a guy went up there in the dock. And he starts cussing. That ain't right. Nobody can be that happy all the time. And I thought, wow, who's he talking about? They're all looking at me. I didn't think about it. But I had the same customers they had. I had the same freight on my truck they had. I had the same irate drivers they saw. I went to some of the same places they went to with some of the same mean people and some of the stuff going on. Did the traffic and all that kind of stuff there. But I was in the will of God, the plan of God, full of Jesus, loving Jesus, and it shows. Amen. Yeah, I, I tell you, I tell you, one of the one of the hardest ways to be a good Christian witness is if you're a whiner, or if you hate your job, or if you hate life. But when you love Jesus, and you know Jesus has you on the job, it's so much easier to do the job with joy. I, I gotta stay what I got here because I gotta get to where I'm going. But now I remember another season there on that dock there. And when I, when I was born again at nighttime, they, for a while there, all of our trailers side to side, they let us all have a little radio there, listen to whatever we wanted to while I was working. And so I had my Christian preaching on where I was, and I wasn't aiming it at the dock. I wasn't trying to win those people the preaching I was hearing. I had it as low as I could just going to my trailer. The guy on this side of my trailer liked rock and roll. And the one over here on this side here liked the wild stuff. He had the country music over here. And we, we'd come out of the trailer and walk up the dock. It sounded like it was at the carnival, man, some of those sideshows. It just whoop, 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 all the different kinds of music. So I got in the flesh. We started having the battle of the radios. They turned the rock up. I turned the preaching up. They turned the country up. I turned the preaching up. And finally one night, 
I was in my car right before I came in to clock in at midnight. It was midnight when I went in. And I sat there praying about the whole thing. And the Lord told me to get out of that battle. He said, if you, if you will focus on who you can win, find you a target person. Start focusing on who you can win. I'll take care of that. It wasn't long after that. The boss got done up too bad. He said, get rid of all those radios, man. We gotta be able to work. And I learned, I learned to focus on kingdom business was, was, I don't think there was a board again person there at that time. I learned to focus on kingdom business. Here I am clocking at these guys every night. I'm going to heaven. I've got what they need. And here I am getting goofy with fleshy things like radios. And so we got out of that battle and just started loving people. And then by the time I left that job, at one time I knew the percentage. I'd led something like 60, 60% of the whole thing. Office people as well as dock people, truck drivers to the Lord. Amen. I got focused. But see, I had a special calling. What's my special calling? To be a Christian. To live like a Christian. I had a calling. I was a missionary. I was an evangelist to those lost truck drivers. Amen. Can you see how this works? And then it says he, he, he has the pleasant in the past. She's a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her. And happy is everyone that retains her. When you get the plan of God, when you get the plan of God, you hold on to it. God's not schizophrenic. I think about what I say to everyone that holds on to it. I think about this one truck driver. Man, where'd all this truck driver stuff come from? I, woo! Well, I was in that world 28 years, so that was a long time. This mystery, they're this over 30 now, so it's a second career. But the thing was, I remember this one truck driver I was talking to one day. He didn't work for my company, but we were side by side at, a, at another freight place. And this is just a regular... Just plain old redneck truck driver like I was. This is before I was saved. And we just stand there talking. And he says, well, I'm working on my second million. And I looked over at the guy. I started figuring. My wheels started thinking, wow, what, what's he got? What kind of business he got going on the side? What says he doesn't drive this truck like me? I'm standing for a millionaire. He doesn't look like one. Doesn't act like one. I'm working on my second million. I said, you are? He said, yeah. I gave up on the first, so I'm going to start on the second. <laughs> and so I think about us as Christians. You don't know, out of all my years of Christian life, how many people I've seen that were at one church, and they were doing a really good job, and the next time I see them, I say, well, how's things going over there at your church? Right in one just the other day. And, and, and say, oh, I don't go there anymore. Said, I outgrew that one. I'm over here now. I thought, man, you left them high and dry, huh? You bailed out on the plan. And you just run into these people, and they're like that guy going to start the second million. God gives you a plan that he wants you to do, and the pressure gets rough, and you back off with that plan. Well, now God called me to do this. I thought, why? Wow, you successfully finished that last one? No, no, that just, I, I decided that wasn't God. Man, it got real quiet all of a sudden. Hey, man, I, I'll tell you what, it's kind of tough sometimes when the battles come. But if you stick with the plan, and it comes to pass, victory is sweet. Okay, verse 19. The Lord, by wisdom, by having a plan, he founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. He took the steps. And then by his knowledge, the depths are broken up. He did something. And the clouds dropped down the dew. I was reading that today, and I went back to Genesis chapter 1, and I saw how that worked. It said, God, by the plan, he founded the earth. He laid the foundation, did the things. I went back to Genesis chapter 1. And Pastor Dave hit on this this morning. It says the Spirit of God was brooding, hoovering over the earth, checking things out. And then it says, God said, 
Let there be light. He took the first step. He wanted to light it up. He put the light out there. And this says that God said, as said, he put a firmament, put the atmosphere around us. We can see the clouds and the stuff between here and space. And then the next thing says that God said, let the waters separate from the land. And then there was land. And so God had a plan before he ever started. He said, here's what I'm going to do. And then he started taking steps to do step by step. And then he put fishes in the earth, it says. Then he put the seeds and the trees and the herbs. And then he got down. Then he said, now I'm going to make man. He got things prepared. And so in our lives, we've got to know that we've got to find God's plan for our lives. And then start taking the steps, one step at a time. The steps of a good manner, ordered by the Lord. Walking with the Lord. Walking, stepping. One step at a time. As we do what we know to do, and there's always the doing part. There's always the doing part. You not you don't just know the plan and know what the steps are, you gotta actually start taking it. And that's why it says we walk by faith. There's the steps walking. Walk by faith, not by sight. Because you go by what you see, you'll never go anywhere. Do you do you remember the book of Numbers? It says they went out to spy out the land, it says they saw the giants. Well, we're going to see giants every time God gives us a plan because faith brings it to pass. If, 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 if it doesn't take faith to bring it, bring it to pass, it might not be God. Amen. This is good preaching. I like this. Anyway, he tells us those things and then we go down through. There's lots, lots of good things in this chapter. And so, uh, I just advise you to do what I've been doing on that devotion that I noticed at the start of it I wrote. I'm just going to teach a few verses out of these chapters every day of the devotion, but I wrote it wrote there, but you study the whole chapter every day. So I've been doing what I ask you to do. I've studied the whole chapter every day. And so uh, I want to keep reminding you, just go over these things and read them, and then to find the specific, specific plan of God for your life, you must first follow the written plan if you want to have success in knowing and following his specific plan. His individual personal plan that he's chosen for you as an individual. I'm so glad to know that I'm not full of a church full of former truck drivers. Amen. Because we've all got different backgrounds, different things we're called to. And you know, that's like 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 talks about. If the body were all foot, where would the smelling be? If we were all nose, where would the hearing be? So God's got this place all divided up in different kinds of people. And, boy, this bunny trails I'm hitting is remarkable. <laughs> but I'm thinking about it. When God comes into a church like this, to me, it's a small representation of heaven. Somebody comes in here that's super-duper college-educated, then we got some people who feel comfortable around them. They like college people. we got people come in here that are, that, that are uh, unskilled laborers. we got lots of people like that. We got people come here, they're skilled in the trades. We got people like that. And so the whole thing is, God's got a mixture of people that's got their specialized things in life they do. And then when people come in and want to hook up like that, they're going to gravitate to somebody they can identify with. Amen. You see what I'm saying? God says everything you're doing special. Think about Dave McNeil. How, how many people do we have here that work on tractors and things for farmers in fields? There's our specialist. Right there. Amen. We got somebody special for this church. How many people do we have in here that have been burying the dead for lots of years? And Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. 
I said, well, that's okay, Jesus, but I'll let Melinda bear the dead. <laughs> no, I, I'm really serious. we got people in here have so many different things that they do, and every one of you is, number one, a specialist for Jesus in the field he sends you into. But then while you're out there, you know, I, I, I don't get to witness the very many alfalfa farmers. You know, I only really know one. He comes to church here on occasion, but I know one, I know one alfalfa farmer. But I know somebody's got a special calling. Amen. You ever hear Spanky and Alfalfa? <laughs> he's, he's, he's got the Heakley Alfalfas. <laughs> and the ones like that. Well, then, you know, I'm just looking at all the different faces and different people, the different fields are in right here. And don't ever, 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 ever thank you that what you're doing is low life. That what you're doing is not important because you're not there so much for the income as you are for the ministry. But then because you're putting the plan first, he says riches follow. Amen. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. Amen. <laughs> Look at Jeremiah chapter 1. I'm going to shift a little gear and show you something here now about your individual plan. The things I talked about so far were just a general plan. Everybody's called to be a good church member. Everybody's called to tithe. Everybody's called to love. Everybody's called to live a Christian life. That's the general plan. If you want to know what the plan of God is for your life concerning that estranged relationship, do your part to make it right. And what you've done, all you can do that you don't do from your heart to make it right. If the other side still doesn't want to do it, you've done your part. You follow the plan. Amen. It's the same thing in any area of life. When you've done every part you know to do from the general plan of God that God has for you to do, then you've done your part. You follow the plan. At nighttime, you can sleep. If it would have stayed in uh, Proverbs 3 for me, you would have seen that. It said, lay down, your sleep will be sweet. That's called believer sleep. I quit sleeping like a baby years ago. I had eight of them, and I know the babies don't sleep real good sometimes. I like the sweet sleep, so I changed my confession probably 40 years ago. I, I said, I sleep like a believer. Somebody said, well, Pastor, I hope you're going to sleep like a baby tonight. And I said, no, I refuse to sleep like a baby tonight. I'm going to sleep like a believer tonight. Amen. Okay, Jeremiah 1.5. Now we're getting down to your specific plan, how you can know the plan of God for your life. And so he said this to Jeremiah, but this would be true for everybody here. We're not all called to be a prophet. We're all called to be something. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. God knew you before you were even conceived. God knew you, who you were, and he had a plan for you. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. That means set you apart. And I ordained thee. That means he appointed you. He said, at Jeremiah, he said, I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. He said, before you were born, I had a plan. Wow. That is so powerful. And in Galatians chapter 1, verse 15, he told Paul the apostle the same thing. He said, he said, you were called from your mother's womb. And, you know, I just, to me, God is so awesome. I think it's so sad that so many Christians flounder in life. And they talk about God, but they don't know God. I want to say that again. A lot of Christians could talk about God, but they don't know God. Because when you really know him through his son and the Holy Spirit in you, 
and you start getting your mind renewed to the Word of God, how could you ever, 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 ever again be afraid about the future? How could you be afraid about something you're facing? And you can't live one foot in the world and one foot in Jesus in church and be free from fear. But when you've sold yourself out to Jesus, where you're going to follow his plan for your life, it doesn't make any difference. You know, I think about the little little uh, nursery rhyme about, the, about the, the three pigs and the big bad wolf. You know, I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down. There's been a lot of battles, Mrs. Pastor, I've been in over the years. I thought, man, the big bad wolf tried to huff and puff and blow our world apart. But glory to God, our house is built on the sand. I mean, on, it's built a solid foundation on the... Yeah, we're, we're building a solid foundation, and he can huff and puff all he wants to, but everything else falls, we're still standing. Yeah, you know, I just remember, as a, as a, as a baby Christian, as a young Christian, I remember a vision God gave me continually. I was facing some, uh, crisis in life from my former life before I was a Christian. Still had some residue, still coming back to try to, try to take me out. And I kept seeing this vision all the time. It was just broad daylight. All of a sudden I'd see it like a cartoon. I'd be up on a tree branch out here. I'd be called, saw the branch behind me and the tree'd fall. My branch was still up there. I kept seeing that every day. This thing was facing me, threatening to take me out. And I saw myself on that tree branch, saw him behind me. And when the tree fell, I stood on the branch because God was holding the branch up. And you've got to see things like that in your life. No, when you're following the plan, when you're following the plan, you're like the coyote chasing the roadrunner. You know, the coyote, he got blew up every time. He set off the explosives, and he's the one that got it. And so anyway, God said that I, I called you before you were ever born. And so God knew you before he came out of your mother's womb. He had a plan for your life. Number one, number one part of the plan, you're here tonight. So you've taken that first part, you're born again. You're all born again Christians. You took the first step in the plan of God, your specific plan. You took the first step, so you're in the plan of God. And then he wants you to read your Bible and obey it. That's how you started in the specific plan. And then number two, he ordained or he called you to a specific purpose on earth. Every calling is a special calling. Say that. Say every calling is a special calling. I have a special calling from God. He trusts me. He knows I can do it. And I'm the one because he chose me. Amen. And so it, it might have been for you to be a strong believer that works in a factory. To be a strong believer, that's a mechanic. A strong believer, that's a carpenter, electrician, school teacher, work for the government, city official, law enforcement, in the ministry as a spiritual leader. You know, I got a special calling. I get to be a pastor. My wife is, my son is. We got a special calling, but our calling's worth nothing. If you're not in your special calling to help us do what we're called to do. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not very easy to be a pastor and teach the Word of God if you're doing the nursery at the same time you're pastoring. Or jump up there, grab a guitar or keyboard. Boy, that'd really be a disaster if I did that. But anyway, to jump up there to try to be the worship leader, to try to be the usher, try to do all these things. Our calling is nothing without your calling working with us. We're called to be team players. Amen. And so anyway, it's all, all special calling. Here are day is all. I want you to look at Acts chapter 20. And this... 
kind of clarifies, clarifies this where you see it a little better. And there, there's a lot of things that I say I like to keep simple because it took a lot of years for me to learn a lot of things that I teach. But I'm, things I've shown tonight, I hope I'm coming across simple enough for you to understand it. You got that general calling we've all got. Get saved, stay saved. Hook up with church. Be a tither. Be a lover. All the things you're called to do. And then you're ready to start finding out about what you're really called to do in your personal life for your personal ministry. Verse 24, I want you to see this right here. Paul said this about the challenges of life. None of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. In other words, what he said is what I've been saying for 43 years. Lord, I'm willing to go anywhere. I'm willing to do anything. Just use me. He said, I don't count my life dear to myself. He said, so that I might finish my course with joy. Now, this is, this is something here that's really going to be key to you about your specific calling, what God's called you to do. He said, number one, I've sold out. I'm not moved by all these attacks coming against me. He said, because I want to finish my course with joy. And then he says, also, with joy, I want to finish the ministry. He said, his course and his ministry which I've received of the Lord to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And so, number one, every believer has a course. That's what I talk about the general plan. Your course is your walk. Believers, the Bible calls, we have a walk with the Lord. That's your everyday life. You get up. You do what you're supposed to do during the day. You go to bed. You eat. You sleep. You stay saved. You're a Christian witness. That's your course. God wants you to finish your course What's the opposite of finishing your course? Well, if you're, if you're going to get out of the race, I'd call that backsliding. Amen. You know, I, I just, I, I see two different faces I've known over the years. I remember when I was a truck driver, boy, these truck driver stores are really coming out tonight. I remember I was delivered to a, uh, office supply store one day. And this guy, I, I, one of my, one of my regular customers had been there a few times. This guy was one of the saddest looking guys I'd ever seen. He was probably in his early 40s. And, uh, man, that guy was so sad. And this one day I was there, I thought, man, I, I was kind of, I, had, I was on a tight run. I couldn't stand around and preach to somebody. And so I thought, man, I gotta help this guy. I said, hey, I said, uh, I, I said, I don't really know you, man. I just see you coming through, but God pray for you. I want to tell you Jesus loves you. And whatever it is going on in your life, Jesus would like to help you. And the guy says, I used to be a pastor. It just started going like that. Whoa. How could you go from a pastor to somebody that was bound with chains that looked like so heavy he couldn't even look up, so messed up in life? And there's been other ones like that I've known over the years. They used to be pastors. You know what? They did not finish their course, nor their ministry. And so your course is your everyday life. If you're going to be a, if you're going to be a preacher, stay saved. Cause you're sure not going to finish your ministry if you backslide. If you're going to be a Christian witness and a strong Christian, minister to the farmers, stay saved when you get out there. I know Dave's going to stay saved. And the college. Man, stay saved. Finish your course. If you're going to finish what God wants you to do, stay saved first of all. And then, you know, I think about the tire shop. Wherever you're at, stay saved. Finish your course. Whatever you're doing, stay saved. If you see yourself start to backslide, 
then if you can backslide, then me, you ought to build a front slide. That means slide your butt in the door every time they're open then. The devil tells you all the reasons you can't, you can't come in. All you have to do is tell him one reason why you will come in, because you need Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so, and so, so your ministry, now listen to this. This is what the Lord gave me years ago. Your ministry is your calling as God's representative to others. Amen. Whether it's at the graveyard, well, I, well, I guess you have to raise them up, wouldn't you? Talk to them there. You talk to the customers. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think about Michael Cabrera and the, the carpenter business. Whatever it is, whatever it is, that's your business, what you do in life, that your God's represented to others on your job. And so that's your ministry. And, you know, we've got scripture, that's 2 Corinthians 5. It says we've all received the ministry of reconciliation. It said that means we're supposed to tell others that it was Christ. It was God. It was God in Christ. Reconcile the world to himself. That's the ministry everybody has. No matter where you work at or what you do, Paul said, I'm going to finish my ministry with joy. I'm going to finish my course with joy to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And so we, to find out the specific calling, we're going to look at Jeremiah 29. But you want to finish it with joy. Jeremiah 29, this be our last place, but it's so simple. And we're talking about dialing in. Dialing in all the specific calling. You know, it's just, I, I know two things in my life have been called to do. I have no doubt I was called to be a truck driver. I was, I was a good truck driver, but I was a better, I was a better preacher. And I had so much anointing as a truck driver over the years in pastoring when we hit hard times financially and things you do not know. What a temptation it was to get back out there in the truck. Because I knew out there in the truck, I had a for sure a paycheck. But sometimes when you're a preacher, you don't have for sure a paycheck. Because, you know, our church is growing good, doing really good now. But the anointing that I have to preach when I was called to be of the will of God, but being a truck driver was on me there too. That was such a, such a joyful, like heaven on earth, being anointed as a Christian truck driver, but then anointed as a pastor. But see, the key to both of those things I just said is the anointing. When you're in the will of God, follow the plan of God, whatever it is you're called to do, you can be down at McDonald's at the drive through window. If you've got anointing on you, man, there's no place in the world you'd rather be than right there taking those orders. Amen. Is that good preaching or what? Because in the plan of God, which is the wisdom of God, the plan of God is the anointing of God. And when you're in the anointing, man, you don't care if you get paid or not. You say, man, I'll pay him to be here. Amen. So Jeremiah 29, verse 11 through 14. We're talking about now how to find out. How to find out. And really, it's the only way I know to for sure find out and get what it takes to be able to follow it. Verse 11 through 14. Verse 11. I'm going to read the verse 11 actually out of the NIV because I like the way it says it. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. And not to harm you. Plans to give you hope at a future. Plans to give you hope at a future. And the ones he was talking to, by the way, at this time, Nebuchadnezzar had taken the children of Israel captive. They were in Babylon. 
And then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Jeremiah, and God said this to them. They were captives. They were slaves. As I'm thinking about you, Satan may think he's got you right where he wants you. And you know what? You might as well start laughing and say, yeah, you do. You got me right where God wants me now, too, because I know what to do. I'm coming out, and I'm coming out strong. Amen. What Satan meant for harm, God's turned around for good because you know how to find the plan. He said to give you a future and a hope. And then verse 12 says, here's what you do. Here's the step. You know the plan. The plan is he's going to give you a future and a hope, right? God said, this is my plan. This is my wisdom. Here's the plan. Give you a future and a hope. But what's the first step then to find out how to bring the plan to life? Then you shall call upon me. Well, I thought you were supposed to go on Facebook and get a thousand likes. No, God said, forget Facebook. God said, call upon me. I thought I was supposed to ask everybody what they think. No, God said, call upon me. I'll tell you what, you ask 15 Christians what they think you ought to do, you're going to get 15 answers. Why? Because that's not in the plan. The plan's call upon him. Call upon me, and then you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. Well, that's the plan. He's going to hearken unto you. But also, the plan is you separate yourself. Find some quiet time. Start hooking up with him. And you shall seek me and find me when you do it in between looking at the news. When you get off social media, in between social media tweets or whatever it is they do. I've never, I don't know about the tweet business. I've heard about it. But anyway, when you shall search me of all your heart. And then here's the plan. I will be found of you, saith Lord, and I will turn away your captivity. Amen. And so when you are established and grounded in the word... Our theme verse, Colossians 2, 7, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. That's the key. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth. You were taught, you will overflow with thanksgiving. And so to sum it up, I want to say this. When you're established and grounded spiritually in God's word and live your life by doing what it says, and live your life by doing what it says, and live your life by doing what it says. That's how you develop strong faith when you do what it says to do. Then you need to do what God through Jeremiah told God's people to do way back then. You must choose to develop prayer closet time. Somebody said, well, I pray on the way to work. Well, you ought to. I mean, man, you ought to pray if I cease it. You ought to pray while you're driving. But just don't take your eyes off the road. Don't close your eyes and worship too. No, uh, you, you need to develop prayer closet time. That's what Jeremiah said. Dwell the secret place of the Most High. Get those quiet times. And when you're in your prayer closet, if you're wanting to find out God's plan and what to do in your prayer closet, have your Bible open, have your heart open, have your journal open, and write down what He shows you, and then become a fanatic for attending church services. Become a fanatic for attending church services where the Bible's taught that the Holy Ghost is free to move. I, I will, uh, just throw one more example in. I haven't got to talk about James and Casey, you know, for a little bit tonight. But I think about James and Casey. When I first came here, they wasn't very hooked up with, with Christian things, with church things. But I tell you what, they, they were the nuttiest fans I ever saw for those angels. 
Man, all I ever heard about them, man, every picture I ever saw, they man, they had angels hats and angels shirts and angels buttons, angels badges and angels this and angels that, season tickets and all the angels games like that. I think that'd be called a fanatic. You know, fan comes up word fanatic, F-A-N. That's where it comes from, fanatic. They were fanatics for the angels. You know what they are now? They're at church more than anybody. They're here day and night. They even outdo Poppy. <laughs> That's Robert, in case you don't know. But no, what I'm saying is this. They become fans for Jesus. They become fanatical what they believe. So just what they did, being fanatics for the baseball, they're fanatics for Jesus now, and it shows in their life. They're following the plan of God for their life, doing what God wants them to do. And so for you, I'll just leave this with you. If you want to know what the plan of God is for your life, number one, live the general plan. Be a Christian. Number two, do what Jeremiah said. Find some extra time by yourself, no distractions, Bible, journal, heart, and then listen to what he's going to say and start writing it down. And then anything he shows you to do, do it. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor Dave, is that, is that okay? Amen. <laughs> well, glory to God. Let's stand up. Uh, we got anybody up there? Yeah, we're ready to go. I tell you, when you shift from being being more of a Bible teacher, you are the pastor, that you get rusty at all these other kind of closing up the thing. You're the in between thing, but not the whole thing. But if you need prayer, I'd like to pray for you, Pastor Dave, Mrs. Pastor, pray for you. And I think about what we just preached. And faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. If there's anybody in here that you're kind of in a place about your future, jobs, careers, life, future, just things you're facing, as anything that God had me say tonight that stirred you thought, wow, wow, I can find the plan. I can get out of this thing. I do what God wants me to do. I'm going to see the devil, the taxi, thought of me, the giant fall down, and God get a glory out of my life for what's going on. If you want to lay hands on you, and release anointing, we'll release, we'll bind, we'll loose, we'll rebuke, whatever we need to do. We will get God's presence working in your life, and you're going to start seeing clearly what God wants you to do. That's specific, number one thing. Anything else you need, we'll pray for you. But simply for that, there's faith in your heart now to get answers to what I'm saying. Amen.
Stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. 
Jesus, who had a good time tonight studying the Bible, amen? Lots of really good word for us there. I love that out of Proverbs 3 about the wisdom of God. And so I encourage you to look at those verses again and uh, just let the Lord speak to you through all of that. Amen. Well, we're going to close in prayer. I want to remind you again that this coming Sunday is a really big one uh, for Mrs. Pastor's 75th birthday. So be here Sunday morning. We're going to have a dinner afterwards. Stick around. And we want the whole family to be here for that. So do your best. Amen. All right, let's close in prayer, and then we will do our Barstow Faith Confession, and we will get you out of here tonight. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for what we've seen in the Word of God tonight. And Lord, we know that through your Word and through your Spirit, Father, that we can know the plan of God for our lives. And I know you've got a plan and a purpose for each one of us that's here tonight. And I I pray, Lord, that we would continue to seek you and see exactly what that is. We love you and we praise you. We ask that you would use us this week to be the light of the world. In Jesus' mighty name, can everybody say amen? All right, let's speak some words of faith over Barstow tonight. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, see you Wednesday.